The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio, and once a week, Dave Alexander, that's me, and Dr. Franklin Weefall. Have the most fun ever. Absolutely. Being on the radio, taking phone calls, and stopping medical misinformation. We've got so many things that we've planned to talk about, but if you've got a question of Dr. Weefault, here is the number. 919-860-9783. Call on Saturdays between noon and 2, which is when the show is produced. 919-860-9783. And, and today, oh, yeah. as you will find out in a minute, I want people, if they have questions for David Alexander. <laughs> yeah, all right. Because we're going to talk about, I am Dave's heart. Yeah, we, we've got some, I've got some news. Uh, the North Carolina, Virginia, and South Carolina COVID numbers are falling. So, so it is uh, across the... The, the nation. The, the worst day for North Carolina was on 2-3, February 3rd, when a spike, it was a spike up to 12,000 new cases. Yeah, and that might, not, might have been, and we'll ask Rose, but that might have been because they had a backlog of reporting. It could have been, yeah. but it. But the general trend is downhill, and that's a good thing, it's a very total good number thing. of but cases. But we still have too many cases. We do. Uh, uh, you know, you can only compare this to what was recently done. And we are, we're going downhill, but we shouldn't downhill have anybody. We shouldn't yeah. have anybody getting sick. And, and eventually it will be that. You've had, you've had your two vaccines, right? I had both. Yeah, I had you my had second Pfizer shot. Or Moderna? I had Moderna. And I, did they give it to you a month apart or two weeks apart? 28 days. Yeah. Yeah, 28 It was days. interesting because, as I recall, it was going to be two weeks. Right. But I'm not scheduled for four weeks after my first one. So. Right, right. Um, the CDC says schools should be back in session. Hey, um, hooray. And coffee is now good. We're going to talk about that in a coffee. lot more. We've got Pat in Durham who's jumping on the radio. Hi, Pat. Yes. How are you? What can we do for you? I got, I got a question. Go sure. ahead. Okay, on the 26th of January, I got my first COVID shot. Fantastic. On the 27th, I got my mammogram, a 3D mammogram. Sure. Right. Now, last night I heard on TV, and I get my second shot Tuesday at Duke University. I heard last night on TV that if you take a shot not to get a mammogram for four to six weeks. I haven't well, heard that. Well, I already had mine. It's something I haven't come heard up that. with. All right, uh, so what TV show was this? On Tuesday. Can I get my second shot on Tuesday? I've had no reactions from it. Don't even know I had the shot. Well, let me... I no reaction when I took my mammogram. I've got yeah. a letter back that everything's clear, no sign of cancer. So yeah, well, that's good. how effective is this? And can I get my second shot? All right, now, okay. Pat, now I just looked this up. He's looking it up. What's up? On the U.S. News & World Report, COVID vaccine reaction can mimic breast cancer. So 
Here's what they're saying. And, you know, thank you for calling, Pat. You've taught me something, or you forced me to look into it. Apparently, the immune reaction that you have is, as you know, systemic. What does that mean? It means it's throughout your entire body. So the immune cells are made in the bone marrow, and they leak out into the bloodstream. The virus immune stimulator, which is the um, spike protein, which is produced by the vaccine, floats all over your body. And your breast has a lot of blood vessel. So apparently... What it can do is increase the inflammation in the breast tissue slightly. And apparently, they're saying it can look like a breast cancer mm-hmm. and be a false positive. So the answer to you is yes. Wait. Do you have an urgent need? Do you have a lump or is there something going on? Pat actually has had the mammogram. Nothing. And it was Nothing. clear. Okay. Yeah, so no, she... My mammogram was clear. No cancer in sight. See you in a year. Okay, so, I, Pat, I so think what it's that one means of the, it is, sounds yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it sounds great because if it had been positive, that could have been a false positive. But since it's negative, then we can believe it's negative. In other words, the inflammation only mimics what it would look like if you really did have a lump that was breast cancer. So the fact that you're negative, you can believe that. Okay, and I had it the day after I had my first shot. It's right. okay, Pat. Yeah, can I get my second shot next Tuesday? Yeah, because you've already... See, it's not as though the shot will hurt your breast. What it would do is give you a false positive mammogram that they would worry about being cancer. Pat's looking for a yes and a no, and I think that the answer, Pat, is yes. Yes. Why yes? Get that second shot. I'm yes. going to, I'm 84 years old, and I'm going to get that shot. Well, Good you don't for you. Sound, you sound 48. Are you sure you don't have the numbers no, reversed? No, no, I'm 84 years old. Well, God bless you. I live with myself, and, and a year ago, I was on life support for double pneumonia, and I could die. My goodness. And you're back with us. I'm glad. Yeah, God brought me back. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Pat, do me a favor. Tell your friends about this show, would you? Oh, well, we have. Uh, Jerry Austin told me about it. Yeah. A good friend of mine, and she called me, and she said, get your iPhone out. And she told me this morning how to do it, and it's because of Jerry Austin, yes. That's great. Pat, thank you. Thank you very much. Later on in the show, we're gonna we're gonna top. She said eighty four. Pat's eighty four, and she's spry and she's lively. We got a lady who's one hundred and seventeen. We're gonna hear about later on on this show. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate it. Uh, This is Heart Health Radio. We talk about a lot of topics that don't have to do with the heart. And it's February is heart month. Right? Oh, it is. Oh, that's yeah, wonderful. yeah. February is Heart Month. It's you're supposed to wear red, and you know this is interesting because I want people to realize a lot of women now are wearing a red um, uh, bow. You yeah. know how the the pink bow is for breast cancer. Yes, yes. And people don't realize women die more frequently of heart disease than they do of breast cancer, and that's not to downplay. That breast cancer is an important thing for all of us, not just women. But remember that heart disease is the number one killer, not only of men, but of women. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we want to do on this radio program is to get you educated so you can do the things yourself to help prevent that. The neatest part about the show is that sometimes people call up and they tell us, their information. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, you think about somebody just offering up their story and trying to get advice, but also offering it up to your neighbors. Well, here we got a decent example of that. 
I've been running uh, low energy. I walk a little bit and I get tired. Okay. Now, people know I have a history of heart disease. I have a history of stents. I've got five stents in, um, which is, you know, I consider it to be a small thing. I'm diabetic. I watch my stuff. I, I'm, I'm paying attention to the salt, the sugar, the carbohydrates, and all that stuff. You don't smoke. I do not smoke. I've never smoked. I'm wearing thin. I'm, I'm walking like an older fella. You look good. I feel good most of the time sitting when i walk upstairs i'm wiped out yeah heavy heavy breathing my legs feel like they do when somebody has run a mile and they're you know they're, they well, get some the of these, anaerobic some of these young of people in my neighborhood run a mile and they don't have any problem okay well now, let's put it this way it's been going on it's been going around the last couple of months progressive yes yeah Yes. So I went to my cardiologist, and Wednesday I am going to have what he called, because they got a nickname for everything, a right and left cath. Yeah. What's that? Okay, so the problem is you've had stents before. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, your most recent stress test showed the presence of a small blockage. Right. And they said, we're going to treat you medically. Right. Which is the right thing to do, because you weren't all that symptomatic. At the time of your stress. Exactly, yes. Progressive symptoms. It sounds like you are class three, okay? So there's a New York Heart Association class. Class one means no symptoms. You can be on meds. You can do all the things you want to do. Class two is mild to moderate symptoms. You Uh you can, you know, walk four or five. You don't talk about blocks anymore. You can walk briskly four or five aisles at Walmart. Yeah. And that's what everybody does, go to Walmart. And, and have maybe only minor symptoms. Class four, we'll skip over class three, but class four is you have symptoms at rest. So you have symptoms walking up the stairs. You have symptoms walking down the hall fast. That's class three. Those are severe symptoms, not critical symptoms. So what does that mean? It means you've got some blockages. Now, it could be that the main artery is blocked, okay, and or the proximal, which is the artery closest to the aorta where – the most of the blood's got to flow through to get to your um, front of your heart, which is the most important part. Okay. That could be blocked. Or you could have all three arteries blocked. The right artery, which goes around the right heart, which pumps to the lungs, goes to the back of the left heart, which pumps to the body. The circumflex goes mm-hmm. around the left side and goes to the left side of the heart. Now, if you do... You could have a weak heart muscle. Now, you had an ultrasound of the heart, which is really great. It shows us how strong the heart's beating. Right. So if you've developed a weak muscle, it could be because there's not enough blood flow. And then you get what's called heart failure. The heart fails to pump strong enough or it fails to relax enough. So the heart's got to pump and then it's got to relax to let the blood flow back in for the next round of pumping. So you could have both of those problems and... They want to do a right heart cath to see if that pressure, because the left heart is not working, has backed up into your lungs. Right. And that could cause a high pressure on the right side of the heart. So they're going to find out your blockages, find out how strong your heart's pumping, and find out the pressures inside the lungs to help them make a decision. I mean, are you going to need more stents? Maybe there's only one blockage. It's in a major artery, the left anterior descending. Maybe they can stent that. Maybe they're going to have to do bypass surgery because you've got blockages in all three arteries. Or maybe, just maybe, 
There's something kind of new, and WakeMed has actually built a special cath lab for this. It's called a hybrid heart lab. Right. And it's in the heart cath region. They put the valves in, you know, the um, percutaneous or through the skin stent valves. You know why they built that for that? Yeah. In case something happened and they had to open up your chest and fix it right then and there. But they can do a hybrid. What's a hybrid? They can do the bypass to the front artery and stent the two side arteries or the back artery. And it's called a hybrid, like a hybrid car. You have both a gas engine and an electric engine. Okay, so there's a, there's the old time, the the thing we've been doing for years yeah. and years and yeah. years. Invented in 1964. They, when they yeah. cut the sternum, yep. they go straight through, they move the ribs, yeah. they do the heart stuff, they well, but fix see, the it. The important thing, they got to stop the heart. Yeah. And they got to clamp your big vessels. Yeah. They got to run all of your blood out of your body and Not through a heart. Not all of it at the same time, do they? No, but all of it gets done every okay. 5 minutes, right. you know, right. every yeah. And they can even do now if it's only one artery, they can do an off pump. Sometimes okay. so sometimes two arteries. This is what I'm trying to separate here. There's the old school thing. Right. Then there's the new procedure that you're talking about that does not include the pump. Right, called off pump. So what they do is they slow the heart down. So yes. instead of bub 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 bub, it's going bub bub. Yes. And during that period when it's no bub, yes, they can sew the arteries. They off. quickly do everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. And the thing is, they can do off pump either by cracking your chest open. That's what we used to call it. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yes. You want to know what the sauce sounds like? No, I don't. Don't. Okay. Never mind. <sighs> anyway, so they can <laughs> open up your chest and do off pump. Or the cool thing is they can do keyholes. And what is a keyhole? Just what it sounds like. Little tiny holes yeah. in the ribs to get to it. They put a light in there so they can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they take down the internal memory. That's a great artery. It's about the size of the arteries of your heart. Uh-huh. And it runs along the left and right chest walls inside right. that feed the mammaries. Now, you thanks for the mammaries, but you don't need that <laughs> artery. Okay. You got okay. other arteries. Yes. Feed, and you haven't breastfed, have you? Have I what? Oh, wait, wait, we're gonna talk about this later. Chest fed? Have you chest fed? <laughs> no. I didn't think so. But anyway, so they can do it by keyholes. And yeah. use a very fancy set of instruments, take down that internal memory, okay. and then slow the heart down. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, use yeah. instruments inside the body. To sew the artery onto the right place. So you're telling me that there is an option. See, the thing I'm having done Wednesday is just through my wrist, maybe through my groin, um, and they are sending uh, probes through me. Catheter, so they're long, pliable plastic. Right. And they're going up to my heart, and and they're looking around. Under x-ray guidance... Slip those things into the arteries. The they come off the aorta, which is the big pipe coming out of your heart. Yeah, and I did eighteen thousand of them. And you did. You're only supposed to do ten. Okay. I glow in the dark. That's what I'm having Wednesday. There may be a decision then that they need to do more work. Right. In which case, I'm going to get an estimate from them, <laughs> just like the car. Uh, you know, your I'm gonna have them, is going to pay for this. I'm going to look at this. No, I'm not talking money. I, I, I want to know what they're going right. to do. Right, so it'll be three options, four options. Okay. One um, is if it's not 
if there's only one artery, they'll definitely, and it's stentable. Right, right, right. Now, the one thing is, you've had, what, five stents before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you have too many stents in one place, yeah. they don't want to put another one in. Now, they, sure. could, they, they put them inside the inside the inside. They yeah. just, so sometimes there's too many, or you would have to have too many, so they'll, they'll recommend a bypass. Right. Which is a rerouting. A stent is opening up where the blockage is, a bypass, just like, you know, the highway bypass. Okay. It's a new way for blood to travel. Right. They may stent two arteries. Who knows? That's called multi-vessel stenting. They may recommend regular bypass because you might need what's called an endarterectomy. Now, what is that? That's Uh, when the cholesterol is such a big plaque. Yeah. At the time of the surgery, they actually remove that plaque so they can sew something in. Okay. All right. Now, they may offer off-pump bypass opening you up. Yep. And they may offer what's called a hybrid, which is really cool. Okay? Okay. So they'll do the keyhole, internal memory, plant it on the most important artery, the front one, and then stent the other ones that need to be blocked at the same time. Okay. And all you have is a little keyhole. Anybody who's had some experience with this, go ahead, call me up. Talk Absolutely. me out. Of, talk me out of running fast out of the hospital Wednesday morning. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. This is Heart Health Radio. Some people do things that you just gotta say it. You should be ashamed. National Health Service in Britain, what did they decide? Well, you know, what's happening now is wokeness. You know what that is? I do. W-O-K-E-N-E-S-S. And we want to be good to everybody. We want everybody to feel comfortable in their skin. Uh And we don't want, I guess now, you can't even make somebody feel even slightly uncomfortable. So, breastfeeding. (laughs) What is it? Breast. You have women have breasts, and inside those breasts, when a baby is born, uh-huh. you make milk. I'm so and glad you the, went over this. the nourishing thing yes. that, that saves babies and I makes them grow. Yeah. Well, apparently they're not going to let you use the word breastfeeding anymore because they think that will make a transgender person <laughs> who doesn't have breasts or, or, or even or milk. a transgender person who has breasts uh-huh. but doesn't want to have them yeah. Um, uncomfortable. So they're going to call it chest wall feeding. They're also going to call it human milk rather than breast milk. Oh, my God. Because that discriminates against people who about have breasts but no milk. They have to change the name human. I guess, because eventually. He, man. Who's the man? Oh, yeah, you're right. Right. So you got to change that. You can't call a woman a woman anymore. I was always told that woman was a creation of the word uh, man with a womb. Yeah, woman. That is true. Is that true? But okay. there are transgender women who don't have wombs, right? Yes. And the other thing is, can you speak French anymore? We're Spanish because Probably they not. have gendered oh, yes. words. That's right. Right? They have feminine and masculine words. So you have Latino, yeah, yeah. and Latina. Yep. So are we going to ban the French and Spanish languages because they're gendered? Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. ma'am, yeah. breastfeed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Breastfeed. Go ahead. Shorty and Selma. How you doing, Shorty? Welcome to Heart Health Radio. Hey, good morning. Morning. Congratulations, Shorty. Good afternoon, ma'am. Yeah. Excuse me. What's going on? Got the barking this morning. Uh Uh-oh. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. 
I am COVID free. Finally. Amen. Um, she's a she's an example of someone that I treat a little differently. The CDC says you have a positive COVID, seven days, no symptoms, free to go. Right. Well, believe it or not, I've had five patients who have had COVID positivity on their PCR test. So that's measuring the actual presence of the RNA, the genetic material of a live virus in your nose. Yeah. And was it five weeks you were positive, Shorty? Uh, six. Wow. Six. And wow. so the question becomes, was Shorty still contagious? I mean, she has it in her nose. Okay. Right? And the virus is alive because right. it has the RNA. Once the virus dies, the RNA decays. So it's not present in your nose anymore. Okay. So, Shorty, I may have been wrong, but I elected to keep Shorty out of the office until she tested negative. Yeah. And the CDC doesn't recommend that. So I had a lot of people mad at me. I had four or five people quit my practice because they said this is not what the CDC recommends. But the CDC hadn't studied it. Nobody studied this, right. whether you're still infectious, if you're testing positive without symptoms. And I think you probably are, but that's just me. And I miss Shorty. I, well, I'm glad you called today. Tuesday in Living Color. Tuesday in Living Color you, in you your office. Yep. I'm going to look for it. Shorty, Shorty, is that what Valentine's Day is tomorrow? Tomorrow. Can I still bring you no, some Valentine's? Sunday. Can I bring Sunday. you some Valentine's? That is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Shorty, how you feeling? Do too. You don't know what day it is. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I don't have a I don't have a sweetheart anymore. So you don't. Okay. No. I, or, yeah. I'm your mom, remember? Yeah. yeah. All right, Shorty, I, uh, thank you very much for the phone call. I'm Appreciate glad you're you okay. being a part of the show and updating us. She kept a positive yeah. for my, six weeks. Six weeks. And my, um, uh, somebody who works in my office, Amber, her, yeah. she got it, her husband got it. Amber was positive for four, and a half, four weeks. They, we're still not knowing yeah. everything that this thing can and do. I, I, if anybody knows the study, if you're a scientist out there studying COVID, right, and you know whether or not somebody's infectious, even if they're testing positive, right, call me. All right. Telephone number here is 919-860-9783. Everything to do with the human body, we'll go ahead and take those questions. Ozempic is a medicine I take. It's now described as a game changer. Next. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. You can, of course, listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. Or you can do what you've just been doing over the last couple of minutes. Just stay right here near near your, your radio or phone or whatever it is. Uh, Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News joins us now. Rose, hi, how you doing? So listen, glad you listen to you guys. You know, on on Apple Podcasts, and aren't you slick and modern? Do you know that we are going to expand in twenty twenty one? We're going to be on wow. every platform ever, and by twenty twenty two, we'll be on television. And we're not we're not thinking small here. Okay, that's, that's why we. That's why. That's why we have Rose. Are we going to be on TikTok? Yes, the doctor is already practicing dances. I don't know. So Excellent. we'll be good. Hey, listen, what's going on? I know my numbers are down, or our numbers are down. Now I checked, Rose. South Carolina, Virginia, North Carolina, 
We're on a downward slope. This is good. We are. Yay! Amen. We are on a downward slope, which is very exciting. I mean, it's still, there's still a lot of people in the, yeah. in the hospital. There's still 2,000 people in the hospital, um, you know, hundreds of people in the ICU. Right. So, you know, we're, we're not out of the woods, but, um, you know, there's, there's like, you think about a month ago, what is it? Today's the 13th. A month ago, there were 880 people in the ICU, and today there are 496 people in the ICU, which is really good news. Absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, maybe we're starting to see the effect of vaccines. We're seeing the effect where we've passed the big bump that was generated by the holidays. And, um, you know, there's been fewer excuses for people to get together inside, um, you know, uh, the, yeah. the Super Bowl notwithstanding. Um, but, you know, there's, there hasn't just been as much sort of gathering. And I don't know about you, but, like, we just feel like we're hunkered down in all this gray and rainy weather. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So what's the big story on NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org? Well, I mean, I think... Um, we uh, we we had a story this week on the learning gap uh, for folks, uh, you know, because kids have been home from school, and I think this is sort of now the big story with COVID going forward is what's going to happen with schools. Like, yeah. how are school districts going to respond? The research seems to indicate that you can have kids in classrooms safely, but and the big but is you need them keep keep them separated. You need to have them wearing masks all the time. And I know that there are some teachers out there who are like, my school's crowded and there's no way I'm going to be able to keep these kids apart. And Amen. So yep. there's, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be the big debate going forward. Well, let me ask you something. Why, has it, why haven't the governments taken the um, example of the Catholic school systems that have stayed open? And have done well. I mean, and the way they've done it is a sort of hybrid learning mode. Um, you know, some home education, but a lot of in-school education. And my daughter goes to uh, Cardinal Gibbons, a wonderful school. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. did shut down for two weeks because they had a, a big, uh, you know, increase in cases. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they've all stayed open and kids have gotten a good education and the public schools... They just didn't seem to want to follow that plan. I know. Well, I, I think I think you know maybe again it's sort of like it might and and I don't I can't speak to you know every district obviously I do know that Wake County is going to move to a hybrid and you know again part of it might be I don't want I don't know what kind of school building Cardinal Gibbons has but you know a lot of school buildings we did a story about a year or two ago and it looked at. Um, a lot of school buildings, something like 40% are older. They have kind of not such great ventilation systems. Um, I was reading a piece um, in, a, I think, in one of the national um, uh, outlets this week, and it was talking about that, you know, if you can keep your window open and just have a, a fan pointing out that that helps the ventilation. But a lot of schools now they build them so that the windows can't open. So I think that there's. I think he. I almost want to say that every school building is unique. Yeah, but um, if you look at the that, Catholic schools, I mean, Cardinal mm-hmm. Gibbons is relatively new, 
But in New York, mm-hmm. they're all old buildings. And the thing yeah. I'm trying to say is, is it hasn't been a disaster. If anything, the Catholic school system should be an example of how we can do it. And yeah, I just no, don't know why. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely something that's got to be very hands-on. You know, um, and I know that the governor has gotten some criticism for leaving it up to local folks, but oh, it, God, it yeah. seems that that's kind of got to be the way to do it. You know, each kind of each municipality is sort of making their own decision and making assessments based on what they've got and who they've got in their schools and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Buses, are they going to put kids on buses and, you know, yeah, crowded how, buses? And yeah. it, how do you socially of, distance? A lot of variables. Right. Yeah. Rose, thank you. I want everybody to go to NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org for their up-to-date COVID information and a lot more. A lot more. She's uh, she's got a great thing going there. All right. Thank you, Rose. Well, thank you so much, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, dope. Bye-bye. That's NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org. Thank you to Rose Holman. we got Terry and Clayton, who's been waiting a little bit, and I'm glad you did, Terry. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Hi. What's up? I have a I have a question, uh, and I want to hang up and listen because I don't want to interrupt and make comments. Okay, uh, you can I if you had want. A breast cancer episode, and right now I'm free. Great. And they called me from the cancer center, and they want to put me on Prolia. I think I'm saying that right. Sure, Is that every you are. Six month shot. Yeah. And I'm just I know about the dental aspect and the jawbone and all of that. Um. But anyway, I wanted to know from a cardiac, right now I don't have a cardiologist, I haven't needed one, but I'm going to hang up and listen. I wanted to know if there's a real negative aspect from the cardiology side. Terry, I'm going to ask you to hang on just a moment because we don't know some key information. For instance, what is your age? 67. You are 67. You're cancer-free. Did you go through chemotherapy? No, nothing. They got it all. The borders were clean. Wow. And all I'm taking is that five-year drug and And keeping a very close eye on it. And they want to put you on something called Prolia. It's for osteo. Yeah. I know all about it. They said mostly in my left hip, the osteoporosis. All right. Terry, we're going to hang up with you and listen on the radio, would you? Okay, so okay, thank you. Thank you're you, welcome. Terry. So Prolia, I, I actually use it in my practice, too. It, it's not like some of the other ones, like a pill, a lendronate. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's taken once a week. It can prevent the bones from getting worse. Those okay. are called biphosphonates. And they can mess up your jaw, too. It's really weird. You can get necrosis or destruction of the bone. Well, a new thing are these monoclonal antibodies. We've talked about them. They're artificial antibodies. These... There's a bunch of them like Prolia, and it seems to increase the amount of bone. And so not only do you prevent the osteoporosis or weakening of the bones, you actually build the bones back up. Mm -hmm. So they asked, is there a problem? Because you can calcify the arteries, right? Remember we talked about that? Yeah. Anyway, it's controversial. Some people say there's a slight increase in having to have a stent, having angina, having a heart attack, Mm -hmm. or dying. And it's called MACE, M-A-C-E. And right now I can't remember what the M and the A and the C and the E mean. But anyway, that's just a gamish. It's like 
okay, mace means some kind of heart trouble. Right. And so it's kind of um, controversial. There's some people say there's a four point extra risk. So instead of, you know, 92% okay, you're 90 or 88% okay. Um, I would go ahead and ask your doctor do I have a lot of risk factors for heart trouble? Do I smoke? Mm-hmm. Am I obese? Do I have a family history? Do I have diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterolemia? If so, ask your doctor, well, is it worth the risk of preventing a hip fracture from weak bones right. with the slightly increased risk that some people, some study? remember, these studies are contradictory. Some studies have said no risk. Some people's studies have said a slightly increased risk. So go over that with your doctor who wants to prescribe it and see what they say. Okay. Thank you very much, Terry. Great question. There is a study out that says coffee is now good for you. It was before there were, uh, they would have a study and they'd yeah. say that coffee is bad for you. It used to be that if you drink you. coffee, you're going to drop dead from a heart attack. Now mm-hmm. they're saying if you drink coffee... You're going to not have a heart attack, and you're not going to have heart failure. And it's just – and guess what? What? It doesn't apply to decaffeinated. It, they want you to drink high-test coffee. Well, I had French roast today. Oh. Okay? I you had two I, cups of heavy coffee. I can't drink coffee. I love it. Yeah. But it's too hot when I get it. Right? Yeah. So I put it aside, and I can't remember to go back. And when I go back to get another <laughs> sip, it's cold. And I don't like cold coffee. Clearly, you are not addicted as I am. I used to drink three or four cups a day. Really? Yeah, but now you know what I do? What? Five-hour energy. You do? I do two a day. Two. Okay. And it's got as much caffeine as a large cup of coffee. About 200 milligrams. Okay. And what I like about it is you drink it and you get that caffeine in your bloodstream right away. Yes. Instead of the sip, 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 and it gradually goes up. I have one about 6 a.m. when I get up before I walk these monster dogs, get my energy up to, you know, hold on to them. And then about 1130 in the morning, I get my pickup. Uh-huh. That's five, five hours later. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't have anything else all day. The idea that you're going to take that little energy shot it's as opposed to a cup of coffee because you're thinking of the time it takes to finish that cup of coffee? And I don't want to spend $5 on a cup of coffee and throw it away. Well, I, I just use a regular coffee maker. You know, and I, yeah, and yeah. I And that's gone in within two minutes. It's too hot. No, it's not. No, okay. I throw some cream so in and I'm good. the coffee that I get is too hot. <laughs> that's not normal. You know, the curry okay. doesn't make it hot. hot okay. Hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. You drink it black? No, no, I put some half and half in. Half and half. Yeah, I know. It's why one... not? Why not whole? Whole cream is yeah. delicious in I coffee. I know. So what you do it? It is the best stuff. Let me tell you something. Yeah, we tell cream me. is on the no-no diet. I can do that. You can do cream. It just has a certain level of sugar. You think? It's not it's much. Lactose. It's not bad. All right. Dairy is not bad. Cream is actually really good. You know, it's funny because. Dr. Weefault gives us advice like the no-no diet and tells us things that nobody else is going to tell us. Right. For instance, go ahead and put pure cream in it. Yeah. How about butter? Are you a butter guy? Butter is much better for you than margarine. Really? Yeah. Because it tastes like butter. Yes, it sure and does. And it's, it's, it doesn't hurt you. I mean, okay. all those 
people yeah. that tell you to, oh, this is classic. Yeah. Daughter, we file. I gave up pork, so I'm going to live forever. Yeah, that's you know, not going to. Pork is good for you. Eat some pork. Eat some pork fat. I'm going to have some pork. Yeah. And I'm going to have some coffee yeah. with real cream. cream. Sue Just at don't... Apex, join me for this. Would you, Sue? Hi there. Um, Hi. Enjoy your show. And Thank I had you. a follow-up question about the lady that called about Prolia. Yeah. Yes. I've been on Prolia for about a year and a half. Um, I think I've had three or four shots. I can't remember now. I'll How often do you get them? Out of my head. Um, I am a heart patient. I have, um, I have a cardiologist. I go once or sometimes twice a year. Um, I have what they call coronary vasospasm. Oh, yeah. They did a, um, oh, gosh, about 13 years ago, I had a, a, what do you call it, a catheterization, and they found a blockage, a 40% blockage in one very small artery, which okay. they said, you know, people are probably walking around with that. Yeah. And probably some of that's related to anxiety and so forth. But anyway, I'm, I've been on a ca- calcium channel blocker for, oh, gosh, ever since that time. Which one? Amlodipine? Deltiazem. What's that? Cardizem. Cardizem, yeah. Yes. Diltiazem. Generic, yeah. yes. I think 30 milligrams twice a day. Okay. And when I asked my cardiologist about Prolia, because it was fairly new concept, I have reflux issues, so the... I just I wasn't staying on the Fosamax or the Alendronate. Yeah, that really can cause bad reflux, can it? Yeah, so the Prolia, I have no side effects. I'm just, you know, really do well with it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm probably not going to quit taking it. I may check in with my cardiologist. But I didn't know if the calcium channel blocker would give me some protection against this. Yeah, it might. Um, yeah, it's not quite known for sure. Let, let's back up. Coronary vasospasm, that's a different type of angina, okay? So the artery is not just a pipe. The coronary artery, like all your arteries, has a couple layers, and there's a muscle layer mm-hmm. in there. So your arteries aren't staying the same diameter. So if you run, the yeah. muscle tends to dilate, and you get more blood flow. If you are upset and you have this biology... Sometimes the upsetness will give you adrenaline, and guess what will happen? The artery mm. will squeeze. Yeah. Okay? And so some people, and it happens more in women, we don't know why, I'm not being sexist, but they can get chest discomfort, which is true angina, that is the lack of blood flow to the heart muscle, because their arteries are spasming. They're clamping down for mm-hmm. no particular reason. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple medicines that can work, a nitroglycerin. So have you had to take a nitro for your angina? I haven't. I've really been almost practically symptom-free for many years. I don't even carry the nitro anymore. I take the Deltias. And I think at one point I was once a day and I had some issues and he switched me the twice a day. Well, you're lucky because that's a very small dose, uh, 30 milligrams twice a day of Deltiasm. Now, the the nitrates promote uh, something called nitric oxide. So that relaxes the artery. So you Mm -hmm. can take, you know, isosorbide long-term. You can put a patch on. That seems to help prevent spasming of the arteries. And that seems to also be one of the reasons why those medicines work in, say, Dave, who has cholesterol buildup. Right. You can have cholesterol buildup and spasm. So it makes that even tighter. Yeah. Now, calcium channel blockers, what it says, it blocks the flow of calcium, which helps to relax the artery. So you're very lucky, 30 milligrams twice a day. I mean, the usual dose is 60 milligrams three times a day to be effective. Uh, for most people, but you've just been very lucky. And so you have this particular genetic background where your arteries tend to just suddenly spasm. 
And so the calcium channel blocker prevents too much calcium from getting into the arteries to make them spasm. And so this is great for you. I'm glad. Now, as far as the prolia is concerned, um, you haven't had any side effects. You're doing well. You're going to see your doctor. You're managing your symptoms. And I, I wouldn't worry about it. I appreciate it because my mother and my brother have severe osteoporosis. Well, my yeah. brother's my mother has passed. My brother has severe osteoporosis. We're all we're both kind of thin and built the same, and that's probably I had a lot of trouble getting my deltiosum adjusted. My blood pressure would get too low, so yeah. Right. And uh, I luckily, unless I'm in extreme cold weather or under extreme emotional distress, like hearing about a death or something, I usually don't have symptoms. So yeah, I'm those can cause the arteries to spasm. Sue, thank you very much. We appreciate you calling. This is Heart Health Radio. We're going to shout out somebody who is 117 years old. And that's proven. They got a birth certificate. A birth certificate. We guarantee you it's correct. Guess what she had. We'll talk about that next on Heart Health Radio. You know you make me want to kick my heels up and down Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. Dr. Weefold, who are we shouting out today? Well, Instagram. I used to be on it. you ever been on Instagram? No. It's kind of funny. I mean, people do it. They they show videos and, yeah. and messages of their family and friends. It also has become a big platform for a lot of political causes. So mm-hmm. a lot of the political advertising goes to Facebook and Instagram and now TikTok. Well... RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., whom we have lambasted for several weeks on this show because right. he's a big anti-vaxxer and, and right now an anti-COVID vaxxer and anti-vaxxer. And Instagram has banned him. Now, I don't like banning. I believe in the First Amendment. But uh-huh. when you have a, a platform where you have a lot of gullible people and if you get people to believe the vaccines are bad. That mm-hmm. is bad for the whole country. So we've had anti-vaxxers on the show before, and I am nice to them. I'd be nice to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Right. I would be respectful, uh-huh. but I'd tell them they're FOS. I mean, they are wrong. And the way that we know they're wrong, are, right. for example, Israel has given out 520,000 vaccines. Right. No deaths. And so they prove they prove excuse me that it was proven that they were effective because they did a placebo trial. They gave sugar water, well probably saline, mm-hmm. to half the people, and they gave the vaccine to half the people. And ninety four percent of the cases that they got in the study of COVID were in the placebo group. Well, Israel now reports five hundred twenty thousand doses of Pfizer, which is the RNA virus, it's the newfangled thing, RNA vaccine. No deaths. None. Yes, right. And it's fantastic. And so the, the vaccines work. Now, you're going to read somebody dropping dead. You're going to read somebody having a severe allergic reaction. But the reason why it's in the news, it's man bites dog. Mm-hmm. Millions and millions of the vaccines have been given. Right. With very little. In the way of side effects. I mean, you know, when penicillin first came out, one in 25,000 people died after taking penicillin because of an allergic reaction that we didn't know about. Right. And now, you know, you say, do you have any allergies to antibiotics? And they say penicillin. It's a common allergy. So the bottom line is get the vaccine. Get it as soon as your group is, is eligible 
because it's not just for you. It's for your country. You're doing a patriotic act. We've got to get past this COVID thing. And Robert F. Kennedy needs to shut his pie hole. Sister Andre. What a great lady. Yeah. yeah. She seems... A- so she's a Catholic nun, lives in France, if I'm correct. Yes. And she got COVID, got a really mild case. I mean, she didn't get on a ventilator, didn't get anything. She drinks a glass of wine every day. <laughs> and it's just so fantastic to know. Now, the side of this is what's the fastest growing age group in the world? A uh-huh. hundred year olds. Yeah. Yeah, we've got 100,000 100 year olds in this country by ourselves. Wow. And it's fantastic. And if, if you hear somebody tell you that the healthcare system in this country stinks, tell them that is they're wrong. And right. it's been fantastic. Now, that a lot of that has to do with public health. Right. Okay, I knew the guy at Johns Hopkins who developed fluoridated water. No, chlorinated water. Mm-hmm. You realize how many people he saved? By doing that, right. I mean, people used to drop dead of cholera and diarrheal diseases all the time because of con- contaminated water. So we've got a great, great medical system. People are living longer and better. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to the sister. Lenny in Holly Springs, thank you for waiting. How you doing, Lenny? I'm doing good. I have the answer to your coffee dilemma. Uh, uh, he has the answer to the coffee dilemma. Better Tell speak me. up, Lenny, because I, I want to hear this. What Tell is me. it? Okay. Your coffee, you, you like your Keurig, but you and Dr. Weehaw both said it's too cool when it comes out of there. Not hot enough, correct? Right. right. Take your coffee cup and put about a tablespoon of water in there. Put it in the microwave for one minute. Yeah. Take it out, then make your Keurig coffee. The cup's going to be hotter than the coffee, and it'll make it nice and warm. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. All right, thank you. Oh, what a too s- hot. What a smart dude. Lenny, thank you. You've solved right. our problem. There you go. All right, take care of yourself. Bye-bye. All right, bye. He hung on for 11 minutes to tell us that. He's a good guy. I tell you, anybody who calls this show, we love you because today, a caller, my my memory banks are bad, taught me about something, and I didn't have any idea. We had somebody who called Janice. Yeah. We've got about a minute for this. Janice had what she called PAD. She had angioplasty, and her leg cramped, and it got swollen. And the nurse pushed on it and resolved the... Yeah, a hematomata. Yeah, hematomata. Yeah, so what happens is when they open up, when they put a needle in your artery, then they do the procedure, they run these soft plastic tubes into your leg or your heart, they pull them out, then they have to take out what's called a sheath, which is the entrance device, and then they put a clamp on... Because it's pressure and time yeah. close the artery. But sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes, especially if you're very heavy, the clamp doesn't quite get where you need to get. And blood leaks around it, gets very swollen. And then you put your hand on there for a period of time. Sometimes, though, yeah. you've got to have surgery to fix it. And, and this is, could be a short term, and it's okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. And, and so does she, Janice. Thank you, Janice. And thank you, everybody, who's called. This is Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio. 
Heart Health Radio. Oh, 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 HeartHealthRadio.com. Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And apparently we've got a hit. This is a hit show. Well, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. Because the telephone keeps ringing. We're grateful for that. But, of course, we have to be two hours in order to fit everything in. Uh, on today's show, we are going to celebrate the fact that our COVID numbers are down. Uh, we've got some some things um, to talk about in terms of new medicines that are coming out and medicines that are being described as game changers, not only for diabetics, but for obese people. And, yeah. and cardiac patients. And cardiac patients. Absolutely. So, so hang on for that. Bob in Raleigh, thanks for waiting. How you doing? Doing great. Good. What can we do for you? Yeah, I've got a couple of questions for uh, Dr. Weefall. Sure. Go uh, ahead. First of all, I'm 75. Young. A little bit out of shape. Uh, take very little medicine. That's good. My wife keeps nagging me about getting into, going to a cardiologist, okay. getting on a treadmill, and checking the old heart. Okay. And uh, just wondering what your advice is there. Okay. Well, you're in the age group. Now, there's something called risk factors. And when we talk about risk factors, that doesn't mean you're, if you have this factor, you're going to get it. It just means you have a slightly higher risk. So how much, this is, this is how I ask a patient, how much physical activity do you do? Do you climb stairs rapidly? Do you walk three miles a day? I mean, how much do you do? I'm pretty active. I, I play 18 holes of golf. All right. 27. That's great. Do you get tightness in the chest or shortness of breath when you do that no great and mom dad sister or brother did they have heart trouble yeah my father died at 56 okay so that puts you at a real big risk yeah okay do you smoke no good and what about diabetes or high blood pressure uh i think it's just a little bit uh Uh certain i think for uh blood pressure okay well this controversial Okay, because the, the American Heart Association would say you have only one risk, or two. Your age, uh, you're greater than 65, it puts you at slightly higher risk, and your family history is pretty pretty solid. I mean, you beat your dad by almost 20 years. Some physicians would recommend that you have a stress test. Now, why is that? There's something called silent ischemia, so you can have a bad blockage and not know it. Now, one of the things I forgot to ask you is your cholesterol. Is that high? Is that low? Uh, just a little bit. I've uh, started taking cholesterol medicine uh, with my, my last physical. Okay. Um, if you feel so good, um, a lot of doctors would say just keep doing what you're doing. Get your cholesterol at target. Keep your blood pressure under control. There are other doctors who would say, hey, you have two risks, um, three risks now, the cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Go get a stress test. Now, suppose you get a stress test and it's positive. What does that mean? It all depends. If you can walk 10 minutes on the treadmill and you don't have chest discomfort and you don't have real bad shortness of breath, and yet the stress test shows a blockage, what should you do? Well, I used to do heart caths on all those people. That's one of them. That's what we used to do. I remember at Duke. Mm-hmm. Rob Califf, who was a very famous Duke physician, used to tell me there are two types of people, the ABCs and the NACs. Mm-hmm. And the ABCs have already been cathed, and the NACs are needs a cath. Well, we know that's not true anymore, <laughs> because even if you have a blockage, if it's not severe, then you don't get any benefit from a stent. 
in terms of living longer. So what it does do, though, is tell you that you're at risk and it makes you more apt to eat right and to take your medicines. Now, there's something coming to Raleigh, advanced uh, radio, uh, what's it called now? They just had a commercial. It's a body scan. Yeah, and it's what it is, is is a coronary calcium scan. Now, why is that? Because calcium builds up in the arteries when you have cholesterol buildup. Now, suppose you get a coronary calcium scan when your number's really low Mm -hmm. and it's adjusted for age. Then, you know, you have a low risk. But suppose your number's really high. Well, then I'd probably get a, uh, a stress test to make sure that you don't have silent heart disease. In other words, you don't get chest discomfort. People are like that. And so right now, if you were my patient, or I mean, I can't give you medical advice over the phone, but suppose I had a 75-year-old man with a family history and high cholesterol who can play 18 holes of golf. Yeah. I'd say get your cholesterol under control. I'd say keep your blood pressure good um, and see how you do. That's what I would do for that hypothetical person. All right. One more question. What is yeah. your take on Prevagen? Prevagen, right? Yeah. The stuff for your brain. Is that what it yeah. is? The Prevagen is an over-the-counter medication. I think it's made out of shark cartilage or something like that. Yeah. I'm only laughing because it's it, the stuff that we eat. It's not dangerous. And that's the number one important thing. Uh, I don't know if you take 100 of them a day, what it'll do to you. But at the recommended dose, it is not dangerous. Now, does it make your memory better or does it keep it from degenerating? The jury is out on that, too. There's never been a huge study to see if it works. Now, for some people, my patients swear by it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they come in and they say, Doc... I used to forget where my keys were. I used to forget my wife's name. You know, now I remember where my keys are, but I still don't remember my wife's name. I'm yeah. just kidding. But it, if it works for you, then take it. If it doesn't work, then don't take it. It won't hurt you. But in terms of having data to back it up, that definitely people have better memories. I don't have that for you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. One more comment I, yeah. about COVID. Take, take the vaccine. I've had both of mine. Uh, it eases your mind. It makes everything a lot, life a lot better. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Bob. Appreciate it. All right, James in Raleigh. Welcome to the show. How you doing, James? Hi, James. He's listening. Yeah, he's listening. He's not listening show. on the phone. James, get on the phone. That's all right. It only takes about seven there? seconds. Is yeah, hi, James. Hello? Hey. Yes, go ahead. Uh, yeah, hey, I called about maybe a half a year ago, but I try to make this short. But it's okay. Yeah, I was had open heart surgery with Dr. Milano. And yeah, I remember that. The, I, I remember you. Remember me. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I'm calling about uh, the the vascular thing. You said maybe two weeks ago. I can't. I caught the tail end of it. Were you talking about? Um, Somebody was like putting super glue on the on the veins to yeah. clog them up uh-huh. or something like that. Yeah, that's great. So the, the arteries feed blood to the legs. Let's just talk about one organ of the leg. And it goes real fast. Then you, ha- you have one or two arteries supplying the red blood. 
Then you have a bunch of veins going back, and they go really slowly. And they have valves because you only want the blood to flow back toward the body in one way. As we get older, sometimes these veins get valve leakages so the blood doesn't flow quickly. And it's usually in one or two big veins. And so the other veins are okay, but just more blood flows through the big veins. And when they get weak and large and the valves don't work, the pressure builds up and you get swelling. So that's called, excuse me, venous reflux disease. So they can fix that. Mm-hmm. They used to do the thing called stripping of the veins. That's horrible because it left scars. It was horrible. They took out the veins that didn't work so that the other good veins would take over and yeah. you wouldn't swell anymore. Well, now they can go into the big needle after they use an ultrasound and localize where the leakage is. They go in, and they used to use a laser, just a heated tip, to just burn that vein up so it wouldn't function anymore. Right. <clears throat> now they put super glue in there, and the super glue just seals that vein up. Sure. So the vein doesn't work anymore so that the rest of the good veins can carry the blood back up to your heart and you don't swell in your legs anymore. We have extra veins. We have extra veins that will take care of it. Thank you, James. I do appreciate your call. Who does that? Who does that? So any vascular surgeon or invasive radiologist or a lot of times the invasive cardiologist, that's the people who stick needles and things into people, um, there is a really good group in Cary, Triangle Vascular, and they do it. I send a lot of patients up there. I, I got an appointment with Triangle Vascular Clinic. Yeah. They're good doc, people. With, with a doctor, Victor Morocco or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, good people. So, is he good? Good people. Yes, he says yes. James, thank you. Okay, well, God bless you guys. Thank you for the service. All right. Hey, take thank care. you for listening. Appreciate it. And Alan in Raleigh joins us. And unless the doctor wants to take a break, you're having a little uh, My Alan, fit. you could probably tell I'm nasal today. Yeah. And whenever it's like this, uh, rainy and bad, I, yeah. my nose stuffs up and I'm having a post-nasal drip I cough. assumed it was my cologne. No. No? No. High karate. My dad's old bottle. Yeah. Alan in Raleigh, welcome to Heart Health Radio. How you doing? Doing great. I just wanted to share with y'all that I got my first vaccine today. Great. The, uh, I found out earlier in the week that I qualified because I take care of my 91-year-old father. And so we got our appointments at Wake Med. We basically walked in, went from station to station, and then um, sat down and got our shot. Had to wait 15 minutes. Yeah. Walked right out. It couldn't have been a better experience. No waiting in line or anything like that. And I am, you know, I, I'm not a big vaccine guy, but uh, I knew I had to get this one. So. Alan, let me tell the, you what I want you to do. Yeah. Call me next Saturday because okay. if you're going to have any side effects, you're not going to have them today. Well, if okay, you had an yeah. allergic reaction, sudden one, you would have. Right. But I want to know because my, I mean, on the next day, I didn't really feel anything. The third day, I had just the slightest bit of discomfort in right. my arm. I never had any redness. So I'd like to see, call us Saturday and tell us your week after the virus. I mean, after the vaccine. I, I will be glad to do that. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And it's an important message that Alan just delivered, that if you are a caregiver for a 
person in group three or group one or whatever it is. We're at one B. One B? All right. You're a caregiver for an yeah. elderly person. Yeah. You can qualify and line up for yeah. that. For uh, that. The um, home health people. Yeah. I've got yeah. a bunch of home health people. And my uh, favorite um, store and my favorite uh, pharmacy, yeah. now all the pharmacists have gotten it. So that's good. This is all very smart. This is all, but so I know everybody's doing this. But be creative. Okay. Now, I'm just if you're saying. having a hard time, yeah, getting the vaccine, call your local health department. They'll tell you how to hook up with a website, or um, there's actually for people who don't use computers, there's some phones you can call. Good. And they'll tell you where in your county they're having uh, the vaccine. Uh, some of them are first come, first serve. Others are you make an appointment. Okay. We talked in the first hour just briefly about my situation. Yeah. I'm having right and left catheterization. Right. Uh, they're going to stick some tubes into me, and they're going to go into other parts of my body, uh, the groin and the and the wrist. They're going to weave it all the way up to my heart. Yeah. They're going to take a look at things. So next week, there is that slimmest of possibilities that I will not be here. I think I'm going to be. I quit. I I ain't doing this show (laughs) without Davey. Okay. All right. Well, all right. There is a possibility that WPTF will arm me with remote broadcast equipment and an engineer. That'd be great. And we will do this show. Yeah, but, you know, I would, if if you're going to be in the hospital, and this is a Saturday, and you're conscious Uh and upright. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, Wake Med and WPTF. Would let me in the room with you, sure, yeah, and yeah. your doctor yeah, who yeah. did the whatever, and we'll do the show from your room. That's great. I want to do that. You know what would be annoying in the background hearing this beep, beep, beep. I would like to hear that. What would be really yeah. bad yes. is if it went beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Yeah, we hope not for that. Yeah. We hope not for that. All right. So there's that going on. I you. You're giving me, me about, chest pain just thinking about this, okay? You know, I can't I, live without my Davy. I only want to say this on the radio to give an example and help people. You know, they'll live through my experience. There is that possibility that I will get a more comprehensive procedure right. later on right? because they will discover that something's not right. I don't mind telling you that the only thing that I have going on other than a little bit of weakness and whatever, is fear. Yeah. Abject, unmitigated, chicken-livered fear. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yes. What do you fear the most? Pain? Suffering? Or do you fear that if something's really bad, you won't be able to live the life you had? Or do you fear that if the worst-case scenario comes and you don't make it, do you fear... What's going to happen to your family? What's the fear? Uh, I don't know. Is it the fear that... Fear of not being here is serious fear. Okay. Fear of being debilitated, that's an issue. You know, there... I have to tell you that, honestly, everybody I am speaking to right now knows somebody who had major surgery, and though we love them, they were never the same. Right. Right. I, my father had open heart surgery, 
and there is a there is a distinct line in his life yeah. from before and after. What were the debilitations? A brain thing? Or it was it was everything? just a, losing three steps on everything. Did he okay? have rehab? He did have rehab. Really? But you know, it's one of those things where honestly, he was never the same. wasn't as sharp. wasn't as right. strong. And I fear that this is where we are. Right. And so, you know, this is why they have tried to keep people off of the pumps. Now, the pumps are a lot better than they used to be. What happens when they take the blood out of your aorta and run it through a machine that does the heart and lung function? So it gets the oxygen in, gets the carbon dioxide out, and then they run it back in you. Here's, Here's the problem is that you can never prevent clots from forming 1,000%, 100%. Right. Little teeny weeny collections of blood cells that have clumped together. And they cause what in my brain? They cause a diffuse lack of blood flow in the very periphery because they're teeny weeny. Yeah. So the arteries are like a tree. You have big trunks, you have branches, you have uh, twigs, and you have the leaves. And so they can get stuck in the leaves. Right. And they can make you not quite the person that you were before. And it's called pump head. Now, for a lot of people, pump head goes away. Um, For a lot of people, it never happens. Yeah. It's just one of those hit or miss things. Um, I've seen some. Yeah. And I've seen other people just fly through surgery. Yeah. And do, I had one just this week. Very heavy guy. 330 pounds. Oh, my Sudden chest discomfort got worse. Heart muscle was horrible. I mean, really weak. Um, diabetic. Yeah. High blood pressure. Oh yeah. And My I cousin. saw him in the office. Yeah. I had to tune him up a little bit. Uh huh. He looks like a rose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know, the bottom line is most people do well, and I think because you've been sitting at my side every Saturday for two years. Yeah. That you've been infused. With cardiovascular karma. <laughs> yeah. Cardiovascular. That's, we just coined a term. Cardiovascular karma. Listen to heart health and get cardiovascular karma. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We're going to shame a Missouri hospital. Luckily, it's not your hospital. And they did something that just I couldn't unbelieve. I just couldn't believe. We'll talk about that coming up and a lot more and your phone calls. At 919-860-9783, Heart Health Radio Network. This is FM 98.5 AM 680, where we play the hits, including Evelyn Champagne King, You Ought to Be Ashamed. This is a hospital called well, it's in Missouri. What is it? Barnes Jewish Hospital. And, and it, it's part of uh, a big network. It's a pretty good, you know, pretty uh, well-respected hospital. Except this fella went there and had some problems. Yeah. One of the problems in emergency medicine is some doctors feel compelled to make a definitive diagnosis in the emergency room right. and stick with it. Right. So this guy uh, came. His name was David Alexander Bell. Apparently yeah, no a kidding. Really well-respected guy. And he had a point of chest pain. And so, you know, 
what's a heart discomfort? You know, if you if you look in the textbooks, it's mid sternal pressure, elephant sitting on your chest. I'm gonna tell you something. Hmm. That's pretty rare. Okay. Most people who experience a cardiac source of discomfort have a real hard time describing it. And so, you know, pain for them is a broken arm or a cut. So they don't use the word pain. They say, you're having chest pain? No, I kind of just feel uncomfortable. Right. Well, apparently, and they don't say in this article I read, they don't describe what he said. But the doctors became convinced in that first visit right. that he was having what we call musculoskeletal pain. So pain for the rib or the muscle. Sure. So they gave him something. He went home. And guess what? It wasn't going away. So he came back. And they actually said, no, you've got non-cardiac discomfort. Go home. And they were kind of not very nice to him. Right. Came back a third time. He was in the parking lot so bent over with the discomfort. And he was in a wheelchair. And he died right then and there. And so let me tell you, if you're listening, don't ignore chest pain. Um, if you're not having the classic symptoms, you know, of radiation, what that means, moving to your arm, a pressure, a discomfort, let me tell you, especially women, and I'm not being sexist, women can have symptoms that are just profound fatigue. They can feel dizzy only, and they will not have a lick of discomfort in your chest. If you are are seen in the emergency room, make sure they take you seriously, because this is a tragedy that should never happen. I have a rule. Yeah. If you're seen in the emergency room a second time for chest discomfort, that's an automatic admission because they can monitor you. Right. Uh, it's not going to happen all at the same time. You might develop worsening symptoms while you're being observed in the hospital. Okay. Was it a logical thing or is there a strategy here that he shouldn't have gone to the same hospital? Perhaps not the third time. It's just terrible. You shouldn't. This should never happen. If you don't know, I have done malpractice consulting both on both sides. Oh my! Um, for defendants and for plaintiffs, and this is one of the number one things: is chest pain ignored or treated cavalierly? And if you're having discomfort in your chest, go see your doctor. And if it's very severe, go to the emergency room and make them take you seriously. Yes. All right. Sounds good. There's a medicine I'm on that's being described as a game changer for people who are diabetic or heavy and you can lose weight on it and all this stuff. We're going to talk about that coming up. Also, colon cancer and young people on Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. Telephone number here is 919-860-9783. Dr. Franklin Weefald and Dave Alexander, kind of the Igor around here. Well, Igor? Yeah, Igor. Where's I- the hump? <laughs> if people haven't seen Young Frankenstein. <laughs> you got to see it. What hump? Hump? What hump? What hump? Um, and, and what that means is that occasionally I do the research around here and I dig. You know, I do some digging and yeah. I find, to find out yeah. information. There's something about... A medicine I'm on called Ozempic, yeah, Ozempic. but there's Remember a couple the, of the versions. commercial, oh, 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 Ozempic, and that is a medicine for originally for diabetes. And it actually is helping me with my numbers. Yeah. I'm noticing I'm actually injecting less insulin right. 
because I'm using the Ozempic. Right. So when you have type 2 diabetes, which is, you know, the diabetes that you get when you're older, more obese, type 1 is when <laughs> He's looking get, at me when oh, he says shut. it. You didn't used to be this way. Anyway, <laughs> um, type 1 is when you're a kid usually or early adulthood, and uh-huh. you lose the cells that produce insulin. It's thought to be an autoimmune disease. Those are called the beta cell. Uh-huh. So you don't have insulin. Yeah. Type 2, you got lots of insulin, yep. okay? But it doesn't work. So it either doesn't work because the cells that are supposed to respond to insulin don't, and the sugar doesn't get taken up enough. So you have sugar running around your bloodstream. That's too high. Now, what Ozempic does is it helps your insulin work better. Mm-hmm. So it takes the fact that your insulin's not that effective, mm-hmm. makes it effective. Yeah. So what happens? Your blood sugar levels fall, your blood, your body cells that need to utilize the sugar appropriately get it Yeah. instead of it being stored as fat because it's running around like a madman in your bloodstream. And your sugar comes down and you don't have as much heart disease. And that's the other thing about this medicine is that it reduces the risk of heart attack and death. It reduces the risk of heart failure because it makes your body more efficient. Right. And then it makes you lose weight because your insulin is more efficient. Right. And you're not storing all that extra sugar as fat. So it's a triple whammy. And I think it's, a great drug. Ozempic, right. the other one is Bidurion, and the other one is called Trulicity. So these are all the same type of medicines, GLP-1 agonists, which means it gives you more of this protein called GLP-1 that you don't have working well, Yeah, and it makes your own insulin work better. So you lose weight, you have less of a risk of a heart attack or heart failure, and you're diabetes gets under control they're they're really great medicines and i'm using a lot of them i i would say i try to get every diabetic in my practice who has heart disease and yeah get them on one of these medicines there's two things about it one is that that if you call it a triple whammy it might be a quadruple whammy they told me that's the side effect of it and i believe this one of the side effects is that you don't overeat I will tell you that they do claim, they, they say, you know, you might get nauseous yeah. with this. Okay, I, I'm not getting nauseous, but when I look at a big plate of food, don't, I don't, I don't, don't need to as, eat it. Yeah, ravenous. I don't need to eat it. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because Ozempic, and I'm going to tell you this in my practice and in the literature, it yeah. does cause more nausea than the other two. Um, Trulicity, hardly any symptoms um, or side effects. Right. Uh, now, you can get diarrhea, and you can get abdominal discomfort. And there's one really bad side effect, which is called pancreatitis. So if you've had pancreatitis before, you shouldn't take this medicine. That's where the whole pancreas gets irritated and, and nasty and hurts like the dickens. It can also cause the new onset of pancreatitis. Now, the big thing my patients say I read where it causes thyroid cancer. Eh, there is a little tiny study that showed maybe one in a thousand chance extra of getting thyroid cancer. Yeah. But there is something that you should know. There's something called multiple endocrine neoplasia. It's where you have a genetic disorder and you can get thyroid cancer, you can get cancers in other endocrine organs. You should not take 
Ozempic, Trulicity, or Bidurant. If you have that yourself or a family history of multiple endocrine neoplasia, thyroid cancer, things like that, because it will promote that, uh, the Bidurian or the Ozempic or the Trulicity. So that's the big no-no. The other big no-no is if you've had uh, pancreatitis, don't take it because it will make it come back again. And but it's just amazing what it does for everybody else. Let's talk about young people in colon cancer. Yeah. This article came up. It apparently is a big deal now. Yeah, and I don't know why, um, and nobody really knows why, but a lot of young people are coming up with colon cancer, and it should be something that we're all aware of. And I don't know what the answer is because you know, we're recommended to get a colonoscopy at 50. Right. And we're recommended if you are you had a polyp to get it every three years. Some people get it every two years. You think we got to drop that down to forty? I don't 20? know. And I, I wouldn't say that you should, but unless you have a family history, because colon cancer can run into run in families. Um, they seem to be really aggressive. So if you get colon cancer below the age of fifty, it's much more likely to metastasize hmm. and to move around uh, into your body, and. The things to look for are not just abdominal discomfort. Remember we talked before about the stool change in character. Yes, sir. So if you've been generally constipated and yeah. now for no other reason you're pooping more, you should go see your doctor, okay? Uh, if you are pooping a lot uh, normally and then all of a sudden you're constipated, um, see your doctor about that. And then the other thing is to look for blood in your bowel movements. So. That doesn't necessarily mean bright red blood. Your stools, if you're bleeding in your colon, and that's what happens to cancers, they eat through the lining of your colon, they can bleed. Your stools can turn black. Uh, And the reason why they turn black is because of the iron. And when the blood is digested in your own uh, body, it turns the iron compounds black. So if you take a poop uh, and it's black, Yes. Uh, either you've had Pepto-Bismol, which is a big thing. I've noticed that, Oh, yes. Pepto-Bismol turns it black. Yeah. But if you haven't had Pepto-Bismol and you're not taking iron for some reason, go see your doctor right away. Okay. Because colon cancer is a biggie now in young people. And uh, they think it might be the bacteria are changing in our, in our guts. Mm-hmm. Maybe we've had too many antibiotics and so some of the good bacteria have died. Um, they're looking into this, but just be aware. Change in bowel habits, abdominal discomfort, black, tarry-looking stools, or bright red blood rectum. Go see your doctor. I want to talk about something very positive. Yeah. Food. Oh. I would like to discuss food for the next little bit. Now, okay. we've got the no-no diet, yeah. which you've described on other occasions, but people have missed out on that instruction. Yeah. You are telling or suggesting to people in my situation and a lot of yeah. other people yeah. who are diabetic or well, have heart The disease. diabetic diet is everybody's diet. It is. Yeah, it should be. And they tell you um, to stay away from a lot of things. Yeah, so yeah. way back in 64, 1964, the Harvard people came out with a study that said fat and meat are the culprits to heart disease. Mm-hmm. It was paid for by the sugar industry. What is wrong with our diets today? is that we eat too many, and I'll use the general term, simple carbohydrates. Now, what does that mean? 
It means that they are strings of pure sugar yeah. uh, lumped together, and they mm-hmm. get into your body, and they're broken down into a single sugar molecule. Mm-hmm. So I call that sugar equivalence. If you have a slice of Wonder Bread, yeah. that is five teaspoons of sugar. If you have a bowl of white rice, that's about 12 teaspoons of sugar because they all do the same thing ultimately in your body. Right. And when you have too much sugar floating around your bloodstream, it's turned into fat because fat is the storage of energy. Fat, eating fat doesn't make you fat. Now, all these simple carbohydrates do a bunch of things that are bad too. Inflammation. So they raise your level of inflammation and your body gets inflamed. You can have heart disease. You can have uh, Alzheimer's disease. And they make you gain weight. They give you heart disease. The thing is, just think about this. The Sioux Indian tribe. Do you ever know a good Sioux Indian? No. Yeah, they're a great people, a great culture. Okay. Remember, they were thin, muscular. Uh They lived healthy. They lived on buffalo meat and they lived on whole grains. So their carbohydrates were complex. They had husks. And they never had diabetes. They never dropped dead of heart attack. Right. Now they live on, unfortunately, reservations. They've been treated poorly. And they eat an American diet. Yeah. And their number one health problem is obesity and diabetes. And it's a very serious health problem. Sugar. White flour. The inside of white potatoes. You want to eat a sweet potato, that's fine. You want to eat the the uh, skin of a potato, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, or white rummies. And the reason is they are broken down into simple sugar molecules, turned into fat, inflame your body, give you heart attacks and Alzheimer's. And unfortunately, it tastes good. Why do we, you know, why is America obese? Because we never had Pringles in the, in the you know, pre-obesity rate. That's we never right. Had, we never had cupcakes everywhere. We never had croissants coming out of our ears. And <laughs> You know, I love that stuff. Let me tell you, I do. Yeah. I got a a thing of cupcakes waiting for me at home. Do you really? I've got some pup cakes for the dogs. Really? And I love white bread, and I love sugar, but I'm telling you, it's the killer. Okay, so my situation. Yeah. Just a regular guy eating the American diet forever. Your suggestion to me for later today, I could either eat a sweet potato and the biggest, thickest, fattest steak I can find. Or I can go to a sub-restaurant and I can have them put lunch meat inside a big fluffy bun. Right. Which one should I have? The sweet potato and the big juicy steak. That's it. It's steak for dinner tonight. Absolutely. I'll be home by 5 and I expect that steak sizzling. Oh, by the way, I want to tell you, and people will think maybe this is gross, but you know the the steak has got a little bit of fat yeah. that's not been trimmed oh, it's off the best it. Part, isn't it. It is delicious. It's I'm the sorry. best part. My mother was Chinese, and uh-huh. there's a term called fat meat, and that's the <laughs> meat that's really fatty and got hunks of fat on it. And she said that's the best meat ever, and she's right. Um, <laughs> there is some controversy about you know sim- um, complex. Uh, no, not what am I thinking of? Saturated fats. Yeah. An unsaturated fat. I honestly don't think that that's important if you stay away as much as possible from white flour, white potatoes, white uh, sugar, and um, white rice. And there's no such thing as natural sugar, okay? Yeah. 
Uh, what has more sugar, an eight-ounce glass of apple juice or an eight-ounce Coke? The I answer is the apple juice. Really? And they say, well, that's natural sugar. It's still sugar. And that's the problem. Let's talk to Beverly in Raleigh. Hi, Beverly. How are you? Hi. I'm doing all right. I, I have a question I'd like to ask. Sure. Go ahead. Doctor, please. Yes, go ahead. Well, I have been having issues with GERD recently. Yes. And was put on omeprazole. And I had I was on it for probably three months and then just sort of tapered off to see how I would do. And during the night last night, I had uh, an attack about 2.30. Ooh. And it's like I was having a heart attack. And each time I have one of these attacks, it feels like I'm having a heart attack, and it scares me. Yeah. I took my blood pressure. That seemed that was normal. My heart rate was uh, 78 or 80, I believe, and so, and my weight is normal. So I'm just wondering, do I need to have some further tests done or have my heart checked? What what do I need to do to rule out any other complications? Sure. Let me ask you a few questions. Um, how old are you? Can I ask? I'm 75. Oh, you sound great. Any family history of heart attack? Uh, in Just grandparents. Pardon? Just, Just my grandfather. Okay, grandfather. that actually for some people doesn't count. Um, <laughs> uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol? No. Now, yeah. I will say that my cholesterol is, the good cholesterol is so good that yeah. it, uh, outweighs the bad cholesterol, so I've yeah. not been put on any medication at all. Well, we My we dad can, is yeah. ninety nine, and he is very healthy and yeah. has not has had issues with his cholesterol. Okay. Though why we don't know, unless it's just hereditary. Sure. Um, let me tell you what I think. Gastroesophageal reflux disease. There's a problem. The heart sits right next to the esophagus, and right. when you have too much stomach acid, or when when you're um, sphincter, the muscle that keeps the acid down on the stomach and prevents it from going back up to the esophagus. When that doesn't work too well, acid gets up on your esophagus and burns it. And it can feel like a pressure. It can feel like a burning. And unfortunately, that's, those are some of the symptoms that you can have with the heart problem. Yeah. And I can't tell you the number of people that have been found dead clutching a bottle of Maalox. Okay. Because really? it can really just... Fulia. And sure. you can even have belching with it. If you have a blockage in the right artery, it sits on the diaphragm and it can make your whole diaphragm irritated that goes down to the stomach and produce gas. So, omeprazole, that is what we call a proton pump inhibitor. It prevents acid from forming in the stomach so you have less acid to leak on the esophagus. At nighttime, when you lay flat in your bed, the acid can go back up on the esophagus and cause trouble. Now, let me tell you what I would recommend for you is not ignore this and not just say for sure, for sure, as the kids would say nowadays, that it is reflux and not the heart. And so if I had a patient like you, I would definitely recommend that they get their heart checked just to make sure that you're not having. Now, you could not even have a blockage. You, you might, uh, we had a caller earlier who had vasospasm. They had the artery of their heart actually spasming muscularly. So, uh-huh. yes, the answer is don't worry about this now. Um, based on your symptoms and how you've responded to medications in the past, it sure sounds like it could be GERD. 
gastroesophageal reflux disease, but don't just say that's what it is. Go get checked okay. out. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you eat before you go to bed? No, I make a habit since I've had this issue yeah. that I usually am through with uh, what I'm going to eat between 5.30 and 6 o'clock, and then I don't right. put anything else in my mouth. Right. And do you sort yeah. of um, prop yourself up about 35 degrees instead of laying completely flat? Well, I sleep on a couple of pillows, but yeah. that's probably not adequate, is it? Well, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I just love sleeping flat. I got the, you know, the nicest, most comfy pillow. And believe me, I've had GERD. Um, bad, and I still I have to take two medicines. I take protonics or pantoprazole, which is like a meprazole, just a different chemical but same difference. And then I take famotidine. I take one in the morning, one at night to keep it from being bad. And so I I sympathize with you, but I would if you've not had your heart checked out, talk to your family doctor uh, or your internist uh, and see what they say. Beverly, thank you very much. I've got Bob and Bill waiting. We're going to get to you in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and This is Heart Health Radio. I'm going to shout out. I'm going to shout out Brock. <laughs> shout out Brock. Well, we we've got a special guest because his show comes right after us, and we've got a special caller. Yes. So here's the setup. In just a little bit, we're going to hear from Holly Bowers from from Roofworks, along with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, on our home improvement show, which is coming up in just minutes. Last week, we had a phone call from Bob in Raleigh. Guess who will you have on the line right now? Bob in Raleigh. Hi, yeah. Bob. Hey. So, Bob, the the focus of last week's show was the fact that you have not yet replaced your carpet. How old is your carpet? Uh, 1986. 1986. All right. All right. How often have you cleaned your carpet, Bob? <laughs> Clean. I mean, okay. How do you know it's clean? Do you use a shampooer, or what do you do? Well, we do normal vacuuming yeah. and what have you. Yeah. But all right, let me let me tell you. Here we get a the theme of the, get a cleaner in here. Yeah, the theme of the next six minutes is your house can kill you. Yeah. Um. Most of the time, when people live indoors and yeah. they have old carpets, yeah. But worsening old pillows. Yeah. You can't help it. Those fibers are gonna degrade. And they're gonna and the the backing of the carpet. What are they? Yeah. What's that made of, Brock? Uh, there's a bunch of different types. Yeah. Uh, you can do foam pads, and yeah. that's that's the concern that most yeah. of us have because yeah. when you spill things, Ooh. it goes through the carpet into that foam pad, and that yeah. absorbs it and sits there. <laughs> and so what happens also, and people don't realize that, is your skin flakes off all the time. Yeah, and it just showers down into your pillow, but on your carpet. Yeah, and what lives on skin? What eats skin is mites. Yeah. So here's what I've told people about it. If you have allergies, you don't have carpets. Just mm-hmm. have hardwood floors or tile. Let's get Bob in. Bob, do you have any allergies? Mm, pollen. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. about it. Do you sniffle a lot? I mean, do you feel stuffed up? Well, yeah, but that's because I've got relapsing polychondritis, and I have oh. seriously reduced airways. Yeah, so people don't. That's 
I know all about that. You know what we should do is talk about that next week. Relapsing polychondritis, a very interesting illness. But anyway, here's what what people need to do is realize that once those carpets get how old, Brock? Uh, the best carpet. 20, 25 years, about as long, really? long as that you can long? keep it. Yeah, and that's if yeah. you're cleaning it two, three times yeah. a year. Well, I have uh, a special rug now. It's called Ruggable. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay, so Ruggable is a washable yeah. fabric carpet that you put down, and it's got a little rubber backing that mm-hmm. sticks to it, and it looks like a real carpet. And then what you do is you just move your furniture. Yeah. You tear it off. You know, not tear it, but you remove the rope. It sounds like it because it's, yeah, as you pull it off. Yeah. And you throw it in the wash. Yes. And I, mine is huge. I, it's a 10 by 20. Mm. So I take it to the cleaners. And I'm, the thing about it is that this is key. Now, I do it because I have dogs. Mm-hmm. And every now and then they do a little tinkling and stuff like that. But keep your carpets clean. Brock, you got to understand, his dogs are 250 pounds. They are bears. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big, Newfoundlands. I'm a, uh, Newfoundlands. I have Cane Corso. So oh, I love big dogs. I love, I love big, big dogs. dogs. Anyway, so the key thing is keeping your dust down, keeping your pillows fresh, mm-hmm. and keeping your carpets clean. Because yeah. the carpets fill up with mites. You can't get rid of them. Now, HEPA filters, H-E-P-A. Bob, you got to get one. Efficiency particulates. Room of the house. Mm-hmm. He's got one in every Great. room of his house. I got one in every room of the house too. You know but, why you need him, Bob? Not because of the disease, but because your carpet has deteriorated <laughs> to, to yeah, the Bob, micro mi- microscopic level. Yeah, we're not giving you a hard time. What, what we're trying to say is, there's we love no you, way. Yeah, you can keep a carpet clean, and I. You know, Brock says 20 years, I say 10, Mm. okay? And that's expensive for a lot of people because carpets can be expensive. But I recommend that you have, you know, tile or hardwood floors and rugs, okay? And then you can actually clean those rugs. And I think it's uh, Brock's onto something. You want to keep your your house from killing you. There are certain things you got to do to maintain it. And believe it or not, crawl spaces... Bad idea. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a house built, what do you think, Brock? A slab? It, well, if you can get away with a slab, that's the way to go. If you have to have a crawl space, you got to take a lot of steps to and make sure that that crawl space is a good environment for health benefits. Barrier, that's right. right. Yeah. So there, I think what we ought to do is recognize that what Brock does yeah. in terms of building a right house, the right kind of house, and maintaining and repairing, that's health. That's right. Because your house will kill you. What's the number one thing I've seen in people? They don't change the filters mm-hmm. on their forced air um, yeah. Yeah. HVAC. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible. And and I think that people don't realize gutters. If you don't have gutters that work, that, that uh, water. water is going to seep yeah. in, mm-hmm. and your attic is going to make you sick. Mm-hmm. So. Bob, I want to thank you for being on the show. You can call in the next show if Let's you want. Let's talk about relapsing polychondritis. We, it affect, we yeah. don't have time. Well, But I'm saying next time because next time. it is a fascinating illness that is really tough to treat. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Brock. Thank you, Dr. Weefall. This Good is, night, John uh, Boy. Believe it or not, we have done a two-hour medical show, and it felt like 10 minutes here in the studio we're going to do it again next week so tune in next week at this time minus two hours for heart health radio and making your home great is coming up next 
Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.